Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 22nd episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. With me is my co-host, Will Turp. Yo, yo. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight is Farmer Dale from Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company. And it's Olympus. Olympus Gardens is the other brand that you're... Yeah. You're... Mount Olympus Gardens, yeah, Mount, Mount Olympus, Olympus Gardens. Gardens. Yep. Cool, man. Very yeah. Cool. All right. So let me switch to my cookie cutter questions here for you, Dale. Um, I know I, I did a small intro for you, but can you please give us your name, your location, your company's name, and whether recreational or medical? Yeah, uh, our location is Asotin County, Washington. We are a recreational farm, and uh, we are an indoor farm. And then what was the other question? Um, uh, name, location, company, rec medical, et cetera, whatever else you want to share. Yeah, and then, yeah, my name, Dale. My name's Dale Intel. Um, been in the cultivation game for cannabis only for, honestly, shoot, 13 or 14 months I became a lead grower I haven't really grown cannabis before before this I have a lot of ag agricultural experience as a crop production you know manager but yeah so that's blessing, right. honestly, what kind of is, stuff did you grow in is, the regular farm game uh let's see sweet corn uh sweet peas um and then I had my own little farm uh sweet corn and pumpkins you know and just selling it on the side of the road um and then I worked for a seed breeding company in Australia for sweet corn and popcorn and uh, just check crops really for them, you know, roguing oh, out off type of corn varieties and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was fun. Dude, did you guys like uh, breed indigenous um, genetics too, like, the, like the, the, the Indian corn and everything from down there? Uh, yeah, in Australia they did actually. They had a, fucking, a bunch of like popcorn seeds are like literally pink, man. It's crazy to see a popcorn like piece of corn kettle like grow it's really cool um and then they have a lot of different varieties down there that they're breeding and then they, what they do is the company would ship their varieties like up to the u.s so that they could get grown in a different environment yeah. bred for different you know environmental stress things you know and then take that seed ship it back to australia they just ship it back and forth to make the the varieties and the strains you know stronger and stronger for drought resistance or mold dude that's tight man does that make you want to get into cannabis breeding so that's cool that uh you work for a corn breeding company in Australia. yeah and, that's where it, that's where it went out and then you yeah. know that they ship their genetics all over they have them bred and then ship back like does that make you want to get into cannabis breeding was my question oh man yeah um that's kind of, you know, that question that you're going to ask at the end, you know, what do I want to do in the future in this business is get into genetic breeding, you know? Tight, <laughs> yeah. Tight. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Uh, no worries. Me too, but yeah, brother. that is something that would in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Just um, please don't be like yeah, Monsanto. You know yeah. Yeah. No GMOs. Yeah. No GMOs. No GMOs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of crap out there that's, yeah, there's shady shit that happens you know yeah and, and it's not, hard not to say... go ahead no i was just gonna say yeah it's hard to know if you're because the companies that i were working for were really small and private so like that i was in a blessing you know blessed that i worked for a small seed company but yeah you know you work for a large outfit like shoot you don't know exactly what's going on in those vegetable because vegetable seed breeding's been around for so long that yeah gmo's been around forever and it's just something that people do now so it's yeah no definitely uh, and I things. feel like it takes on a, a different meaning, whether, you know, when it's uh, cannabis versus uh, food, you know, um, but, you know, in the same sense, um, uh, I don't know, you know, with, with with things growing the way they are, it's kind of inevitable that some of these, that a lot of these like big agricultural producers um, get into cannabis, you know, just inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, goddamn them, yeah. Will. Goddamn them. All right. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I feel that. Um, you said you've only been cultivating for like 13 months as far as cannabis. So do you feel like uh, most of the game still applies? And, it, uh, you know, like, because you have garden game, obviously, if you've, you've been to Australia to do work on a breeding farm, you know what I mean? So yeah. is that how you landed the job? Yeah. Uh, you know, it translated pretty easily. You know, if you can, I mean, if you can keep a vegetable garden alive, um, you can learn the, the things that you need to learn about cannabis to, to keep the, your plants alive, you know? And absolutely. It's been, it's been a huge learning curve, you know, because cannabis is, you know, it's, it can be fickle, you know, and yeah. you, you can grow it in so many different ways. So yeah. thankfully, you know, we do a practice soil grown practice, uh, true living organics and, um, it's pretty simple, you know, so I learned it pretty easy because I have taken a soil course in college. I don't have any college degrees or nothing, but, you know, took the course and learned a little bit, right? So yeah, by that, yeah, that and then counts, just man. my experience. Yeah, and then, yeah, just kind of any experience that I learned from past jobs, checking crops, you know, just apply it to what I can to cannabis and try and do my best, really. It's, you know. So. Yeah, man. I'm sure you have a lot more experience too with identifying pests and everything too. Yeah, um, that's um, yeah. I, I was cultivating cannabis for probably like seven or eight years in Oregon, and um, a lot of times it was like you could just Google a picture and you could figure it out. Sometimes the pests would be so small that you need a hundred times scope, and I, I I would assume it was a nutrient deficiency until somebody told me, you know, I was like, man, look up broad mites. And I fucking looked up broad mites and that is exactly how my plant looked, but I couldn't see the bug. So I got the hundred times scope and it was like, holy shit, they're fucking everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like identifying pests. And like you said, you had to ask somebody and then they told you like Google it and look it up and be like, Oh yeah, that is how my plant looks. And then you you just had to figure out, you said to figure out, look a little bit closer and you could identify it. But I mean, you know, cannabis, um, the pests that, you know, can be found on these plants are way different than you find out in a, in a pea field, you know? So uh, (laughs) I've been, that's one thing for me that I have, um, little to no knowledge on still, I'm still learning about that. So. No doubt. And I will say between the between the industries, I know, I know, and I'm pretty sure on this that there's a big difference between whether you're like you're potentially ingesting like eating crops with pesticides on them versus like combusting potential crops with pesticides on them. It's kind of like I don't know, like not that not that either one's that much better for you, but like it's just the same reason that beer doesn't have this like the same regulations as cannabis because like ingesting pesticides versus adding heat to them is com- a completely different ball game. I agree, Will. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. I mean, the, uh, the cartridge scare right now, that's what it's about. Like those bottled turps are okay. Even if you heat them up, cause most of them are made for candles. You know what I mean? To make your own little candles, but not to heat yeah. up directly like that's not good for you you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so you guys and said you're doing, uh living soil is is one of your practices indoors so you guys don't use newts you guys just chef up the sco- the soil and just feed it water and, and tea or like can you elaborate on that a little yeah i can um so we are an indoor yeah true living organic farm but what we do is We've been recycling and re-amending our soil for about a year now, and um, we do use teas, um, but it's pretty much just like once a week um, during the 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 weeks and months that it's you know allowed to be fed. We'll do uh, teas for like molasses and um, you know, like cow mag water, really. I mean, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, what is it? Unsulfured, unsulfured sweet organic molasses. I would score that shit from Fred Meyer in Portland. It was like ten bucks a bottle, and it was uh, was it free trade? And it Sorry, said it came from South America, so it said that the 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 South Americans that grew the molasses were getting fair fair trade dollars for what I was paying at Fred Meyer. 
that shit was expensive, man. But it was good for <laughs> growing microbes in the teeth. Yeah. Sorry, I cut out there. I couldn't hear you. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good, man. I was I was talking about the molasses. Uh, yeah, it's good, man. With the main ingredient in the tea, man. <laughs> yeah. That shit's uh all, all the microbes. And that. I don't know if you guys have heard of. Oh, I'm listening. Heard of what? Oh yeah, just heard of um mammoth pea, mammoth microbes that come. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a high phos. Yeah, it's a high phos liquid that we add to our tea, and then uh, <laughs> we we top dress as well. Just top dress like. A, uh, a recipe out of the book that we got our soil recipe from so and then just make sure that you you do like a a 28 day flush you know so that the soil kind of just gets that fresh water through it a bunch before it's harvested really no doubt yeah word all right well fuck dude it's awesome that uh you guys are growing in that manner too um because a lot of people, like a lot of people, think that hydro is the best. You know what I mean? I'm, I understand your point of view, but it's not going to taste and smell as good as if it was grown in some fucking living soil. It's, it's just not, you know? And mm-hmm. it's it's dope that companies are not going with the, the big money. Let's, let's get a bigger yield, more bag appeal. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. Of like let's let's grow some good shit that we want. Yeah. To you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah and, and yeah. being a small farm, you know, that's kind of. I mean, we we can only push out so much product and produce so much. So it's kind of like, why don't we just hone our craft and produce good weed so that we can continue to sell it for the years to come, right? Like, yeah. This industry's been so hard to to ma- be, you know, a maintaining, you know, your business. And there's so many farms that are getting shut down just because they can't keep their sales around. If you're not yeah. producing a quality product, you're not going to stay around, right? I mean, that's kind of my mindset. Yeah, I agree, man. Like, who wants to be mids on the fucking shelf for cheap, man? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Well, and it's not that, and it's not that these large farms or whatever, or, or hydro farms that are, that do push out, our mids it's just that they have so much more production going on that they can just sell it for whatever they want right because they got way more yeah. weight yeah yeah dude that's uh yeah. quality is going down as recreational takes hold. I, I feel like a lot of the the talented medical growers opted out of trying to get a rec license they're like man true. That, i'm not you know true yeah. I'd say that that's subjective to the state, but I, okay. I'm also inclined to agree agree with that. Because I will say that, like, in Oregon, my observation now is that people are actually coming around and, like, actually, like I thought they would. Because, you know, Oregon is a crap, like, Portland is a, a, a city known for its really good food and really good beer, essentially, you know. There's a lot of craft breweries around. There's a even more craft restaurants producing, you know, really good uh, food. Um, so I, I, I only, you know, I thought cannabis would follow suit, but um, at the same time, it's um, there's still like people. It's still like this battle of like price and quality too, um, and I don't know. It's just. Uh, Hopefully, it's uh, people in other states can, you know, eventually come around because it's been, you know, recreationally legal here for a few years, like in Washington. Um, But, uh, yeah, it just kind of depends on, like, you know, I mean, for me at least, like, state by state, the, the consumer is different, you know? No doubt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Down here in AZ, the uh, product knowledge of the average consumer is only like 20% of what it is in Oregon. Yeah, and not to say like there's still a bunch of people that come into the sh- like the shop all the time that want like, that ask immediately for like, what's the best deal or what's the highest THC? Um, but I have noticed that, you know, like... um. 
you know, just comparatively to two years ago, it's it's not as hard for me to sell like a higher quality product that's more, you know, costs a little bit more um, as it was you know, like two years ago, me having to give the spiel why, you know, why it costs this, why other products were less. Um, so just think yeah. something I've I've noticed a little bit in Oregon. I don't know how other states have been been uh, dealing with it or, or progressing. Yeah, I've never actually been any. Yeah, I've no, never actually ahead, been to any Oregon shops at all. So damn, like honestly, out, I don't man. even. You gotta go to Natural Wonders, bro. Natural <laughs> Wonders at, at the right by the fucking Fred Myers on um, 39th and Hawthorne, bro. You gotta check them out. I used to work. Uh, Will works there. I'm wearing the motherfucking. I do got a buddy. I do got a buddy that lives down there. I gotta gotta plug those guys in right there, Farmer Dale, because I think you would appreciate the stuff that's on their shelf too. And they have seeds also, man. They got seeds. Oh, oh well then definitely I gotta head up Oregon shops if you got if every shop sells seeds. Dude, I got a friend in Portland. I guess should make it down there actually. You guys uh the a lot of the farmers that you guys have been interviewing or a couple of them are in your shop right or in pdx winners right yeah uh who the fuck did we, who did we, did we do a few yeah i'm trying to think actually have um, we done anyone that's a girl i don't think we did form? man i've been trying no? to no, pig farm. 10-4 pig geek pig farm pig, we got pig, pig farm, farm but he's pig not a farmer he's, he's not medical though I, I mean he's medical but he's not in a shop he's not wreck uh, so I've heard of you guys speak about Geek Farms, and I've seen them on Instagram, actually. Yeah, so. yeah, we haven't yeah, interviewed them yet, but they're, they're like the one of the main uh, farms we carry, for sure. Hit um, up Geek Mike, Will. Let's get him on the, on the show, too, bro. Right? Yeah. Or Big Samson. Samson would be a good. He, that dude's got stories for days. That'd be a, definitely a two-hour episode. I can guarantee you that. Tight. <laughs> All right, so uh, Farmer Dale, uh, I'm going to switch back to my cookie cutter questions. Um, how have regulations changed since you started cultivating? I know it's been a short amount of time, but has there been any rule changes that you had to adapt to as a rec farmer in Washington? Yeah, so it's been a short-lived you know, few months that I've been growing, but I've actually been working for the farm for like two years. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of things have changed in Washington. I'd say... One thing major would be the pesticide list ah. uh, that came that came came out in 2018 uh, last year, and then that comes a bunch of regulations inside your farm. If you're a you know if you do, do foliar sprays, you know the dosages that you use. You have to wear face masks. You have to wear you know respirators if it's a certain type of pesticide. And then to that extent, hopefully people in the cannabis industry aren't doing this, but if you're using a pesticide that's like really invasive, like you have to use like an actual respirator respirator. So, um, yeah. So the people that came to our inspection, they just told us, cause we use a B25 essential oil that is a approved pesticide on the Washington state pesticide list. It's called, um, trifecta crop control. Trifecta. Um, yeah. So you guys look that up, but it's a foliar spray, you know, we use it in veg and then maybe like, once or twice when it gets flipped to bloom to make sure that bug pressure goes down to zero. And then um, they tell us, you know, use a mask, but like you can breathe actually with it. It's nice. That's dope, man. Yeah. But then other than the other regulations, let's see. I mean, what else has changed? Um, Oh, we have to, we, we never had to do a, never had to have a visible label of a disclaimer for a 21 plus like, Oh, so you have to put that on yeah. your packaging now? Yeah, I can hear you again, John. Can you hear so me? So you have to put the you have to put the twenty one and up warning label on your packaging now. Yeah, that's uh, they've been telling us that for like the, the last year actually, but it doesn't take effect until I think the end of this year, so okay. twenty twenty, I guess it'll start. And so you guys have to package it individually how it's to be sold too, correct? Like you don't sell pounds and the the store breaks it down. It's it's in eighth parcels or quarter quarter ounce parcels. Yeah. Yep. So if you own a a farm and a processing license, then you basically have to package it all. Yeah. (laughs) Into every like three, say a store orders 300 eighth 
Yeah, you got to package 300 eights, put the stickers on them yourself, and then ship them out. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so um, how are things right now? Um, like as far as business, man, are you guys like are you guys in very many stores? Are you guys kind of localized as far as Clarkston and Pullman go, or? Um, uh, we are actually. A year ago, we were pretty localized. We were in about six to eight locations all around Eastern Washington. But now, I mean, we're in about 36 stores, and we're like in Seattle, Tacoma, uh, Wenatchee, Yakima, Pullman, Spokane, like Coquim. Like we're all over the state now. That's good. Um, we've turned, yeah, we turned the corner this year. Really, it's been a good year. So. That's dope, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you said you've been there working at the farm for a couple of years. So like their their head guy just left and you got moved up or what? Yeah, that's honestly that's what happened. Uh, the head guy and his his uh, grow team. It was just him and one girl. We have a pretty small farm, so it was just a guy and and his and his girlfriend really growing. And they just had a a parting of ways. They've been growing for like two years and they wanted to do something else and. He, you know, I think they're in Missouri now. I don't know what they're doing. Damn. Well, fuck, man. Way to stick it out, Dale. You got man, head dude in charge, man. Fucking growing plants now. That's awesome, bro. Uh, let me switch back to my cookie cutters again. What do you feel is the smartest you've made on the path to where you're at right now? Smartest move I've made the path I'm on now. Um. Crap, man. I don't know. I've made some pretty dumb moves. I, I left a agricultural no, the, the job. Smartest one. The smartest one first, man. You went to Australia. <laughs> you know what I mean, like that's 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 a smart well, move. Well, I think honestly, just uh, smartest move I've made is just getting back into agriculture, even though this is, you know, a different side of agriculture. It's strictly just cannabis production. So. Um, I would say getting just getting back into the game because um, I wasn't in ag for the last three years, really. I was uh, waiting tables and being a barista and moved to California for a year and was renting boats and shit. So. Right. Well, that's cool, man. You're, uh, you're seasoned, Farmer Dale. Well, uh, so the, the flip side of that coin is um, what do you feel has been your biggest mistake on the path to where you're at right now? Um, I don't know, being, I, I guess, like, uh, being, uh, impatient, you know, like, uh, you strive, you strive for things and you want them to happen and you, you make moves to make them happen. And sometimes you make the wrong move, you know, so you kind of learn as you go. I heard that, bro. I've, I've fumbled a lot, you know what I mean? And I, I still want to get back to cultivation. I haven't had my hand in the dirt for like two years, bro. And it's like I've I've been applying for jobs back in Oregon and shit. Just, I'm like, man, I you I got an itch. So what else, Farmer Dale? Is there something that you want to talk about specifically, man? Did you grow up there in the LC Valley? Like, uh, like how did you how did you find yourself in the the area of of cultivating in general? take a, a, the job in australia and that's how you became specialized in it or like what um no actually i grew up i grew up in clarkston here and okay. then uh there's a, a processing plant in town that's called twin city foods or it used to be in town and they grew sweet corn and and sweet peas and would you know, like process them for packaging you know frozen foods you know shit like that that's but right uh, there by that's who I worked Lewis for thing? at that high school. I was 18. I worked checking crops. Word. That's you can smell it when they take downtown. the peas. It, down. it used to be downtown. That, that I remember. Oh shit, man! Maybe. Yeah. PC. Yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, it actually the mill in town shut down, and then so when I was 18, I uh, had to go to Pasco, and I worked for them in Pasco checking crops in the Tri Cities. Right. Yeah. But that's how I got into it, man. I just took a job out of high school into agriculture. I didn't really have any experience before that. So just kind of dove right into it, really. Man, that's cool, dude. Yeah. It's, it's cool because uh, – wasn't his name Will uh, West Coast Chronic? 
Bob, like he has like a botany degree or something, so he went to school for it. And like you know, he's he's super. Uh, no, that's his ex girlfriend. Oh really? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh uh, okay. Well, look, like, it's it's dope to hear someone who found their way into it just through uh, regular jobs and stuff, man. You know, definitely, yeah, definitely. Because I uh, I saw my cousin doing it, and then when I moved in with Jackson, I saw that he was doing it, and so I was like, I'm gonna get my card and do it too, you know? So like. It's it's cool to hear people's stories on on how they came to get into having the green thumb and such, man. Um, Definitely. So, quick oh. quick turp check. What's everyone smoking on right now? Uh, turp check. I man, some cookies floated through over the world. The homie down the street hooked it up. I still haven't renewed my some, card, but some what? Cookies. Some cookies, man. Cookies, yeah. nice. Oh yeah. yeah. He's got a fresh batch of cookies in uh, from ten four. Tight, man. I fucking miss that shit, bro. Those guys are <laughs> oh, yeah. Tight. yeah. What you what, what you smoking you? on, Farmer Dale? Yeah. What about you? Farmer you know Dale? what? I actually got a blend of cookies rolled up too. Tight. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, it's our it's our uh, Hell's cookies. So it's Pennywise crossed with Girl Scout cookies. What? Nice. Oh, yeah. Does, one, one does that pen? have any C, CBD in it, or is it a THC yeah. Pennywise yeah. strain? It was. Well, what, so you guys got CBD in there with the Pennywise? Uh, yeah, it's not a lot. It's like uh, really, really low. And there's CBG in there. It's like 0.2% CBG. It's not a lot. Either. That's dope. What, no, like yeah. if, if if I was a bud tender and I knew that, I I could sell the shit out of that weed just because it has something other than <laughs> THC in it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Buy this. It's cookies. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's dope. Okay, so that's that's another question off the top of the head, Farmer Dale's. Uh, what sort of strains do you guys run at your farm? People like, all right, yeah. Anybody who's yeah. listening right now, I I I fucking try to start a rap group with Jack. And I was going to call it seven different kinds of smoke. And it was like, uh, <laughs> that was, that was going to be the group name and shit, man. So, fuck, that's that's tight. Can you tell us which which seven strains you run on your farm, Farmer? Yeah, uh, we got Hell's Cookies was that one that I just named. And then uh, Gorilla Glue 4. Yep. Uh, Acapulco Gold. It's our, like, straight land race. Tight. Sativa. Um shit what else do we got blueberry tahoe og i Damn. fucking love that um heavy indica man tastes really good diesel yeah it's got that blueberry flavor to it too it's nice and then that, that sounds fire oh god off the top of my head i can't even do it right now oh we just got started four new strains that's why um jesus og word yeah have you heard of jesus og and then no, uh man where, where is it what's the jesus from that's a TGA Genetics too. Uh, uh, okay. That's that's Hell's Angels OG, like the Hell's okay. Angels cut, uh, crossed with Jack the Ripper. Oh, okay, damn. Yeah, yeah man, that Jack Career. Uh, that's a popular terpene profile, man. Real, real sativa effects with that shit. Yeah, and it it really is, dude. It's super tasty. Yeah, the sativa effect is crazy with that. The moms, the moms would come in for anything, Jack. You guys got Jack here? Okay, no, That's got right. This, we, got, we got this Cracker Jack. You know, we got you know, we got all of these other derivatives. But yeah, it's weird. Moms. And then uh, the, an, uh, another strain we got Girl Time. That one's also a TGA. Genetics. Yeah, that's Girl Scout yeah. cookies and uh, Time Wreck, right? That's right, man. Yeah, yeah. Girl time. yeah. I, and I then that in Portland one time. I can't remember what store, but that's tight, dude. And then what? What? Right else? now in Washington, I think we're the only. I think we're the only farm growing girl time in Washington right now. That's dope. So that's cool. Hell yeah. Oh, and then two more. Uh, they were actually bred locally in Clarkston from a genetic breeder here in town. Um, so. Uh, asphalt OG BX1, Asphalt OG back backcross. Um, that one's got so much genetics in it, I can't remember it off the top of my head, honestly. <laughs> smell like fresh pavement. Backcross for that was uh, that one's wild. I'd have to give you the website to look it up. Fuck man, give me that. But website. then uh, Asphalt OG, Asphalt OG, 
baked beans, cannabis seeds. God damn. There you go. Okay, so does it smell like fr fresh pavement? Does the asphalt OG smell like fresh pavement? I can hear you now. Yeah, it does smell like fresh pavement, dude. Fuck. Okay, so it's... these guys in Tacoma called uh, Dungeons Vault Genetics, they had a strain called Grandpa's Breath. Yeah. It was like OG Kush Breath cross, but it fucking smelled like hospital smell, dude. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. It's similar, it's similar to the asphalt smell, similar to terpene profile, you know what I mean? So, like, that trips me out. That makes me want to get some seeds of that and see what's up. Like, damn, that's that's dope. And then what was the last one? You had one more? Yeah, the last one was uh, Purple Cookie Dough. Whoa, that sounds tight. Yeah, it's uh, Platinum, or excuse me, Purple Super Dog crossed with uh, Platinum Cookies. Tight. That's yeah. dope. That one's sativa-leaning hybrid. It's uh, It tastes like, honestly, the description on baked beans is like a Christmas cookie, and it really does have a cookie scent, but it has like this lemon, terpene, limonene, you know, terpene flavor to it. It's like a, literally like a lemon snickerdoodle cookie. It's really good. Hell yeah, man. Tight, man. You guys are growing in living soil, too. You probably smell that shit good, too. Um... So, uh, what do you, okay, usually it's a medical grower that I would ask this question. Ah, oh, fuck. It's uh, okay, so what, what do you envision for the future of the, the rec program that you're growing in right now, Farmer? I was just going to say to help, you know, to help this farm, you know, become a, a larger farm, you know, like, uh, the owner I was saying wanted to do outdoor possibly. So I would I would love to help him get that started in the outdoor process of finding ground and and breaking ground on an outdoor farm for him. Fucking a, dude, that sounds yeah. like a hell of a dope idea, farmer. Dude. That's, yeah, man. That's my specialty, bro. Like I, I learned in game from my indoor game from my uncle in Seattle. But when it came to my own shit, I, I wanted to use the sun for the summer because it was a lot more affordable and I I had soil game, bro. Like, that's, I started making my own soil in 2014, bro, and I was really happy with the results, so I never never went back, man. Never bought a bag of that shit ever since. I just load up a truck with compost and amend it myself. That's right, man. Yeah. yeah. That's cool that you that you like to grow outdoor, man. Honestly, if, if we get something going, I at least I got a contact. I can contact you, and we can consult each other on some shit. Yeah, man. Anytime, bro. And I, uh, my parents stay out there in Lapway, so uh, I haven't been nice. home. So in, I haven't been home in like two years. But the next time I slide out there, I'll definitely hit you up, bro. Dude, do it, and we'll. I'll get you a tour in the farm and everything, and hell get yeah, you the connect. Get you to connect with the owner, so that if he does start something, man, and we got a we got a person to maybe help us out. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm down. Totally down, bro. I'm, I'm with that yeah. shit all day, all day. People um, helping people, so, man. That's what the cannabis community needs to be about, honestly. That's what it is about. It's the home grow and the medical growers back in the day, right? Yeah, dude. Like, that That was uh, the flip side of that question is what do you think about the medical program? Because I know there's still medical patients in Washington, and I don't, I don't want it to just go away. I want people to still have the option to have someone grow their medicine for them instead of agreed. making store. You know what I mean? I, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. Um there needs to be more medical growers in my mind. Um, yeah. Not that everybody is going to be a good enough or, or knowledgeable person to do it, but if you allow more people to get out there, people can learn. I agree. And share agree, their man. knowledge. To, and then also be like, like I've heard you say in, in episodes like at Thanksgiving, you just trade an ounce, you know? Yeah, like, man. That type of shit. Yeah. Like, that's the world I want to live in, Farmer Dale. You know what I mean? Everybody can grow their own plants in their backyard through the summer, whatever genetics they choose. And then when they lop their plants down and then dry them out, it's like Thanksgiving. I would rather have that be my yeah. tradition. I'm, I'm trading houses with my neighbor because the shit from next yeah. door smelled like the bomb, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and then touching on that medical side of it, too, um, there, there needs to be more medical growers, and then saying that, that being said, um, more genetics would get out there, 
um, you know, more scientific research would happen. I mean, it's all, you know, it's it's only a good thing if there's if there's medical field. So I hope it doesn't go anywhere. No doubt. So uh, you know those baked bean beans, cannabis seeds. You know those guys, farmer. I don't know them, no, but um, you know I I know the the grower at Hell's Canyon Genetics. He's you know he's a consultant for me, really. I you know ask him a lot of questions. So that's cool. I want to hit those yeah. guys up because, like, honestly, dude, you're the first person from the area where I grew up who is receptive to the idea of coming on the show, man. Like, we sent emails and called people. Really? Okay. Well, so shit. It's really awesome <laughs> to have you on here, bro. Like, it's really cool. Well, dude, I'm I'm humbled to be on here because, like I said, I'd, I'm still learning. So to, to have you guys reach out to me and think that I'm doing anything good in this, you know, industry is, is nice to hear because, you know, it's, it's a tough industry for one, but um, – yeah, I'm surprised nobody would want to talk about cannabis advocacy like yeah, with you guys. Yeah. And man, and you are doing good things, bro. Like organic soil uh, is the way to be, man. And Absolutely. It's a lot of a lot of ownership doesn't really understand the culture or the community, and it sounds like your ownership does, and uh, that's cool, man. Because um, I feel like the the culture and the community still needs to exist through the recreational process you know what i mean yeah like absolutely and also uh you know and in, in if you're a good organic grower and like in, you know growing vegetables or corn or seed you know it it all translates pretty easily you know not like I think that, you know, like a lot of vegetable growers could double as, you know, like you have uh, Farmer Dale, you know, also double as like pretty, pretty good cannabis growers too. It's just a knowledge of of soil and, you know, uh, you know, what needs to go into the plant at certain times. That's right. That's right. And, and and I'm not downplaying at all like what you what you do, you know, that takes a lot of knowledge for sure, but just like, you know, organic growing in its root is, you know, I feel like very applicable across like, you know, um a lot of plants, you know. Yeah, that's man, I want everybody to be able to grow their own. If it goes federally legal, don't require a license to throw plants in your backyard, yeah. man. You can grow your own tomatoes or your own watermelons or your own pumpkins. Absolutely. Then Absolutely. fucking let me grow my own weed plants too, yes. man. <laughs> okay, all good. So uh, what sort of ideas or concepts are you trying to promote for the future? Um, I know we touched on this in the interview a little bit earlier, but I, I want you to elaborate as much as you want to. So concepts and ideas for the future, I hope that, um, you know, yeah federally it kind of it gets legalized so that more scientific research can be allowed for these medical growers and genetic breeders to continue making medicine for people that's going to help you know over the years i mean you can see that it's you know it helps fight with cancer and all these other diseases and helps with people with anxiety and depression so why not continue to to allow more and more research you know that's one thing i want to happen um, and then, you know, just in the state that I live in, um, I don't know, I just hope that um, everybody that is growing is doing it consciously and holistically, you know, and to the yeah. best of their ability, because they are serving a community um, of peop- of consumers that love their product, right? So um, hopefully everyone's doing their due diligence as a grower. And as a retailers to get it safely to, you know, consumers. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so uh, what about breeding, dude? So since you have all that corn breeding game, like, what what's your aim on that, dude? What sort of projects are you trying to work on? Like, do you have uh, uh, ideas of uh, stuff that you want to breed, or what's what's the haps with that, man? Can I ask you about that? Let's see. Yeah, I would like to start breeding. Um, just recently kind of popped into my head, like something I would like to do. Um, maybe if our farm could create space 
to have a breeding room, um, you know, I could do it there. Or if I get my own place in the future, you know, because I'm living in Lewiston, like I said, can't really do anything in my house. So, um, yeah, yeah, the Clarkston, you, you know, get my own place. Yeah. So if I had a spot, I could start breeding, you know, and slowly learning things and trying stuff out. And yeah, I've, I've thought of, Honestly, I, I would love to be a medical breeder to get different cannabinoids and terpene profiles into strains that really allevi- alleviate things for people, you know. Yeah, man. I think guys doing that work probably have a lot of fun, too, just waiting for the test results, even. Yeah. It's like, oh, this one had some CBG in it, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like fuck, let's keep let's keep this one and and keep trying, you know. Yeah, and honestly, I have zero I like knowledge of breeding, so I'm hoping that um, I can start getting into it soon. And like I said, I know a couple of genetic guys locally, but I've never been to their facilities, so that's probably one thing I should. That's the first step right there is getting in those doors, and looking yeah. at what they do. So. No doubt, man. I had uh, my homie Smiley. He was on episode, I think it was episode three or four, and he was my breeder homie in Portland. And once I met him, I would give him the mails from whatever seeds I cracked. And I've only been to his house a couple times, but when I went there, it's like it is. It's cool, dude. Like they have all these all kinds of little tests that they're running. Like there was like a whole tray of fucking seedlings that were just. As shit, man. It was like, it's a fucking trap test. You know what I mean? It's like, man, the, the <laughs> two or three that make it through that are you gonna get used and bred with? I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, you know. I know that would be cool to see, dude. Yeah, it was impressive. And then, uh, just how you know how they'd manicure the mail to just have pollen seeds on certain parts, so there wasn't a whole bunch of that shit floating around everywhere. It's like. No, we can see it's about to drop, so we'll pull all the leaves off and all those sacks except for these ones on the top. So it's like, man, yeah, that's see, cool. like that's I don't know anything about that. That's cool, that, you know, that you know and have seen that. Like, I'm excited to learn this stuff. So yeah, dude, it, uh, I would suggest that episode with with Smiley and then the one with uh One Eye. Uh, I've actually listened was... to both those. Oh, word, yeah, One Eye was yeah. the kid, bro. Like he was, yeah. Uh, dude, this is actually your guys' podcast and listening to a few of the episodes recently has been what's put the breeding thought into my head. I was like, yeah, I need to start figuring out how to breed genetics, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. I, yeah. I think uh, there's not enough people doing that work, or at least good work. There's there's a lot of breeding companies out there, but I think there's still a lot of untapped time make some really cool shit that everybody can enjoy in the community. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. All right, dude. So, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, Farmer Dale? I think we got about 10 minutes left. I think Will has to leave a little bit after 9, so is there anything else you want to discuss, man? Like, any anything weed-related or locally weed-related? Do you guys have any social clubs over there in Clarkston where you can smoke or anything? Uh, you know, we don't have a social club, but there is connected to one of the, uh, dispensaries. There's a coffee shop and it's called the Amsterdam, Amsterdam coffee club, but, uh, they sell like infused coffee and like CBD tinctures and stuff to take home and put in your coffee and stuff. That's tight. Yeah. And you can sit in there and, and drink your coffee and then you can walk right through. It's connected to the dispensary. So like you can just walk through one more door and go into the dispensary. It's pretty cool. Tight, man. That's cool. That's a lot better than uh, there's a dispensary that, and no offense, because I generally like this company and, and this dispensary. They carry good product, but <laughs> there's a uh, dispensary called TJ's on Pal, and they claim to be coffee and cannabis, and they are because they do have a, a spot you can get coffee, a spot you can get cannabis. But it is, um, and maybe, you know, I, this is just my expect- expectations, so, you know, I can't say, like, can't be too critical on it, but 
you know, I was like, oh, if you're saying coffee and cannabis, I'm going to like expect, wow, you know, is there like a, you know, a little mini bar there, a little mini barista that can like, you know, make you like a latte or something or like, you know, this. You know, it's basically like a, a big machine that makes uh, that makes mass like drip coffee that they give out to customers. And I'm like, well, cool. Uh, you know, I guess that is coffee, so I can't can't argue <laughs> against it. But I would think there'd be a little, I would think there'd be a little more craft behind it. You know, not just a, a large vat for. <laughs> drip coffee you give out to people but hey yeah no doubt. That's funny as shit <laughs> but also you know that kind of concept like i don't know like you know what i was expecting too because that kind of concept would be very tough to man- maintain you know like a full service barista you know stoners don't wake up until later yeah i enjoy so. sleeping <laughs> you know <laughs> I try and work later, so I don't have to like, wake shit, up. shit, I think I woke up at, like, noon today. Wow. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll drive Lyft sometimes till 3 or 4 in the morning, so it's like, man, I'm sleeping till noon at least. Like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's tough, too, sometimes yeah. when the sun's out. I got to hang up a blanket and shit. So. Nothing a couple bulls can't solve, fellas. That's right. Absolutely. So, uh... What what else, Farmer Dale? Like, what do you what do you got cooking, man? We got we got a few uh, minutes left, and then I want you to plug your social media before we do our outro. Yeah, for sure. I actually, you know, John, I like what you talked about. You want like you you want there to be coffee shop style lounges where people can go and smoke, like bar areas where people can go and smoke. Like, I think they should do that at bars. Yeah, smoking lounge for people to smoke weed safely. Even, you even know. It, yeah, even if it's a patio outside, you know what I mean. Like I understand. Yeah, exactly. People don't want to catch their their contact high. I understand that. That's cool, but there should be a, yeah. a designated area. Yep. If, if yeah, because smoke cigs out somewhere designated, then why can't we smoke weed in a designated? Yeah, and it's. I mean, we're allowed to carry it like in our cars from here to there, and we're allowed to have it on us but we can't be seen smoking it in public. That's like one thing that needs, I would like it to change, you know, like I want to be able to smoke a blunt while I'm standing at the bar and then walk inside and yeah. reeking of weed and have no one care, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. man, for real. Yeah. That's the world I want to live in too. It seems like yeah. I've, the last time it was like, we were staying in a hotel in Clarkston, dude, and I would smoke outside, but my weed is hella loud, right? So <laughs> the blunt before we left and then we came in. It's like my son was a baby at the time, so it's like we packed him up, put him in the car, we left and dropped off the key. Like the lady who managed the hotel, or maybe she was just the cleaning crew, literally wrote me a letter and mailed it to my house saying, I think it's messed up that you what? guys smoke around your kid. We don't allow weed smoking in the room. I was like, I didn't smoke in the room. Like, I just, I smoked the backwood out in the parking lot, and then I went in and cleaned up all the shit and packed up. You know what I mean? It was weird. And it was just, to me, it was just strange that she was so offended. And I'm like, man, it's wrecking this state, lady. (laughs) Like, there's, and I I don't think, maybe there wasn't stores open in Clarkston at that time, but I was just like, man. Yeah, and that's just like mind your own business, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not harming my child. Like, leave yeah. me the fuck alone. Yeah, my kid's smart too, man. So, yeah, she didn't know what the hell, man. Whatever she learned yeah. in in the school was incorrect, man. She was she. That's one of those like the 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 cannabis stereotype, the stigma. It's like can't believe like that guy's yeah. smoking weed and he has a kid. It's like, well, he's probably still a very responsible person. You don't yeah. know the guy. Like, yeah, man. Like, that's uh, a part of the podcast, too, dude. Is, I mean, we're having educated, intelligent conversations about cannabis here. You know? Yeah, I mean, it also could be Concerned Dad's podcast. Dude, when uh. I tell people in the <laughs> that's exactly what they think I'm saying. And I'm like... <laughs> No, it's not. It's not that we could do one of those. Though. I'd probably try to include a few more cheesy jokes if that were the name of the podcast. But yeah, hey. yeah. 
All right. So uh, can we get you to plug your, your social media and website too there, Farmer Dale, for your company? For sure. Um, so the company name on Instagram is at Hell's Canyon Cannabis. And then uh, our other brand is at Mount underscore Olympus underscore Gardens. Is it M-T or M-O-U-N-T? And then uh, my personal Instagram is uh, at FarmerDale underscore. Okay. Is it M-T or M-O-U-N-T for Mount Olympus? I think it's spelled out. Okay. But I could be wrong. All right. Yeah, it is spelled out. Yeah. Following you now. Tier 1 yep. Indoor I-502. Yep. And then uh, my personal one is at FarmerDale. Okay. Yep. All right. Yes, sir. Is there anything else you want to say to any of our listeners, Dale, before we do our outro? Um, no, man. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, I guess for the listeners, yeah, just keep listening to this podcast. These guys got good information and and uh, conversations about cannabis with your families and friends. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for the plug, Farmer Dale. What about you, Will? You want anything before we cut out, Will? Nope. Get on my end. It- Enjoyed listening to you, man. Okay, cool. So uh, next week, Will, I'm going to ask you about that grand reopening and stuff and how that went. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and start our outro dance, folks. This was the 22nd episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I was your host, Katie M. Kane. With me was my co-host, Will Terps. Later, y'all. Tonight was Farmer Dale from Hell's Canyon Cannabis. We thank him for coming on the show. Also, Mount Olympus Cannabis. Um, excellent guest, man. Very cool experiences he shared with us. Um, hopefully, anybody listening will uh, learn something from it and apply it to their game. Um, I got to send a shout out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a Main Node and Joseph Street Enterprise production.